how are all these other people doing it? What did I do wrong? What was their secret sauce to success? You know, I, I was so curious to figure out those answers. So that's what kind of led me in the direction of creating Oluguapa was actually reaching out to them. Hi everyone, this is Helene and this is Coming from the Heart. Today we have Nisha Bitesh from Olaguapa. She's a San Diego native who's an amazing artist. Olaguapa has an online store and she also has a blog and a community and a podcast. So she's got a lot going on. So we're so excited to chat with her, Alexandra, in a few moments. Anything to say to us? Yeah, we're so, so excited that Nisha is coming on, and you'll learn a little more about her and how we connected actually through Instagram of all places. Really, really cool. But yeah, you guys, give her a follow. She'll let us know where you can find her and everything. But my mom and I actually just bought her Black Lives Matter shirt, which is an awesome and amazing support um, that she's doing. All the proceeds go to the Black Lives Matter organization. And she just raised $1,000. So we are so proud of her. It's amazing. And to continue to support the black community. And yeah, we're really excited to show you what they look like. Yeah, we're, as Alexandra was just mentioning, we're, you know, we're in the process of receiving them. We are. And can't wait to wear them, promote them, and just do some really good stuff and great things that are going on out there. Yeah, and she also has, like, really cute earrings. Earrings. Yeah, she's got a lot of really cool stuff. She's so crafty. If you ever um, look at her Instagram stories, she's always bedazzling and, like, has all these paint colors. I don't know. I think she said that the earrings um, in our pre-conversation took, like, a day to make which is crazy. Yeah, and when you check out the uh, conversation, she actually was at New York's Fashion Week. So she is just this, I wouldn't even say up and coming. She's just an amazing artist who has lots going on. And Alexandra, I cannot believe that Nisha is a podcaster too. It's amazing. Yeah, I can't even believe it. She just started her podcast. It just launched. And you know what I love most about Nisha's podcast? It's called the Ola Guapa podcast, by the way, um, is that she is bringing life to now these artists' stories. And before this, she just put, met all these artists, connected with them on Instagram, and wrote these amazing blog posts. But now these artists' stories are coming alive. So I can't even believe it. And I was just checking out her website a little while ago. And what I love what she's doing, and we got to do video someday. I know. Her, her, her website, I'm telling you, is amazing the colors are beautiful and it actually looks like a piece of art it really does because when she records she records over zoom so it's a really interactive experience you get to look at the guests look at her and just experience the podcast in a new way i think it's really uh just yeah like you said experience the podcast in a new way so a shout out man to you nisha great job and hey you're like a fellow podcaster here so you're part of the part of the team or part of the 
the group. I also wanted to mention, you know, since Nisha is an artist, that we have a little bit of art going on in our family. We do, we do. Of course, Alexandra, when she was a little one, loved to draw and paint, and you should definitely get back into that world. Yeah, it's calming. Yes, it, it's it really is, and and being an artist means so many different things to many people. You don't you don't have to have a paintbrush. You can sing like me, or you could be um, artistic in so many other venues. So what I was also going to say is my husband's mom, Rhoda, um, she was the most amazing artist. Clearly, uh, you know, I'm not sure if daddy got that talent, but I think he passed it on to you and my other child, that is. Yes. 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 Um, And my aunt, Patrice, too. Yeah. She's very um, artistic. Uh, My dad's actually a twin. So I don't even know if both of them. I'm not sure. I'm not sure um, if both. Maybe of them. Daddy's with music. I think. Yeah, I mean, he likes music. Oh, all right, just give, okay, it, give think, him that. I think that, that you have the the musical genes, and, yeah. and I actually have the musical genes. I'm. Let's see. I dance. Yes, you do a lot <laughs> I, of different I things. I sing. I used to sing. I used to act and stuff. But yeah, my grandma uh, Rhoda. We used to. All, everyone calls her Nana. I didn't really get to know her that much. She had Alzheimer's. Yes, uh, yes, but yes. But she, I tell you, she... I actually she, feel uh, like I feel her um, spirit right yeah, now as I'm she was a very, She was a wonderful woman. And again, this unbelievable artist. She used to have a lot of pieces in her apartment. And I always used to enjoy looking at them. Yeah. And also my mom, of course, which I've mentioned before. Yes. The two grandmas definitely had some art going. Art genes. Yeah, I think I... I'm not even sure if we mentioned that in this segment of the podcast or I not. Mean, maybe you can mention it to but, Nisha. Yeah. Yes, but um, yeah, my mom definitely enjoyed art, appreciated art, and I think later in my life, after she passed, I had a new appreciation. So a shout-out to both grandmas for that artistic ability. Yeah. So what else, Alexandra? What has been going on this week? we got a lot going on, but you know who else has such cute merch? Who's that? Our new partner. Woo! Give a shout out. Yeah, Play Out Apparel. Play Out Apparel. We are so, so excited to be, Mom, are we influencers right we now? We might be influencers. <laughs> I don't know, Alexandra. Um, we just partnered with them and spoke to their CEO, Abby Sugar, and she will be coming on next week's episode. And why do we love this company so much? I just think because the clothes really represent who you are exactly and you don't have to you know I don't know about you but you put on a t-shirt or you put on your bathing suit let's not even go there (laughs) and sometimes you know you may not feel the best in like what you're wearing and I think what play out really they have so many different platforms but I don't know what I've conceived out of it is that you wear the clothes because they make you feel good yes yes definitely and I think yeah yeah sorry yeah wearing something for you to make you happy. They're, exactly. They're a non-binary, gender-inclusive company. So the fashion is something that makes you feel good. It's not gender-specific, and that's why, really, we love the company. You know, not just to, like, support gay and queer companies during Pride, but really it's a celebration for year-round. So Absolutely. And also, to mention, their company 
is amazing because 20% of your purchase goes to all these amazing organizations. They support Black Lives Matter, Planned Parenthood. Uh, they have Immigration. a whole, yes, and they, yes. they have a whole web, uh, list on their website. And so we're so, so excited to partner. Yeah, with I think them. we're just really proud to partner with someone like that because they really do represent a lot of our ideals and really our platform of our podcast yes. about just really being who you want to be and not really wearing something because you want somebody else to look at you. It's really about you feeling good in what you wear. Yeah. So we will have more coming up with Abby and all of that next week. And also a code for you guys to use when you go and you purchase something on their website, there's going to be a specific code that's for us. And then that way, some of the proceeds will be donated to an amazing organization. Uh, mm-hmm. So all those details and more coming Absolute, up next week. Absolutely. Yeah. Like Alessandra said, you'll be able to choose the uh, the organization that is that you would like to contribute to. So what else? We got some really cool news we are just well like influencers we are so Sam, you know uh nisha she has such a following she with does. her community and she does and i would say that nisha is an influencer i think she is yes an influencer. she she has those cute instagram stories she, going on she's got a lot and, going on and now we have a partner and now we're getting shout outs from like major companies like what mom and not only major companies her favorite company. Okay, she's going to let me say this. Lululemon. Woo-woo. Give a shout out. Is she that was. I just can't even believe I'm even saying give a shout out to Lululemon. Um so the story goes like this. Ashley Coyne, who of course is the owner of Heartbeat yes. in Ocean City and you can check out that episode if yes. you missed it. Yes. It's number 8. What's it called? <laughs> It's Heartbeat Kitchen. Yeah. We'll no, get no, to no, you in a minute. No, no, no. You know, we're trying to get all these things in. So, yeah, it's, yeah. if you check out, you know, Ashley's oh, interview. Our Heartbeats. For our, yes, our, our Heartbeats. For Ashley's Heartbeat there Kitchen. We there we, we go. We knew we would go. get it. Ashley happens to be an ambassador for the Lululemon store in Cherry Hill. So she was so kind, and I was so pleasantly surprised the other day when I received a text from her saying, you know, wanted to give uh, you guys a shout out on Facebook. Yeah, the yes. Lululemon page for South Jersey. Right. And it was just so, I don't even know. I just, my head almost blew off when humbling. I saw it. Yeah, humbling, yeah. amazing that our names are connected. Lululemon and coming from the heart. Go figure that. So thank you so much, Ashley, for doing that and all the people that you touched and let, made all that happen. And also, Alexandra, today, why. My son and I were in Marlton. We were in a uh, shopping area where we saw the Marlton Lululemon, and I went inside to introduce myself because I thought, is this the store where Ashley worked? I'm not sure. But anyway, when I went in there, I was greeted by the nicest girls, and I have to give a shout-out to everybody. I met Lindsay who's the assistant manager. There's Rachel, Bree, Amy, and I'm so sorry. I'm going to screw up this last name. I can't read the writing, but I think it's... Sagamore, something like that. So if I screwed up your name, we'll have to get your name correct next time. But thank you guys for being so sweet. We made some purchases, of course. How do we leave Lululemon without doing so? And um, and thank you guys for supporting us. And I gave you guys a postcard, and um, you can scan the QR, QR code, code and, you know, check us out. So what else, Alexandra? Anything else to say well, before we go on to our lovely guest who is waiting? Yes, yeah, let's backtrack a little bit. 
we got postcards made. We're going to make a really cute post about that. But my mom got magnets and she got postcards made up with our whole little bio and everything. And I just think that's something special. And I feel like now it's real. And oh my gosh, wait, we didn't mention this. Go on. It's our 10th episode. I can't believe we did it. We did. (laughs) We kill each other behind the scenes, but no, we, uh, we have made it to 10 episodes. I can't and even what about that. someone else who's listening, maybe on a radio? Oh, yes. And I think it was Z100's birthday yesterday, their 37th birthday, if I'm saying that's correct. So, what a cool way. Because, I mean, really, what my mom and I said, you know, talking about before we even started the podcast, a podcast is like radio. Like, that's what my grandpa always said. And so, what an amazing celebration for them and what an amazing thing that they're connecting to us they're radio we're podcasts and we're sort of these very similar mediums yes yes so what about the book club oh yes and the book club she's like going off her checklist she's like what else do we have to mention what else do we have to mention i'm getting it all in um as i've said in now i think this is like our third episode mentioning it we have a book club that we're so excited to start and have been starting it's Helene's Healing Book Club, and this month we are going to read White Fragility by Robin D'Angelo, and we would love to have you all read along with us and just join this really important conversation about race and how we all need to be educated and really have an understanding for one another and be supportive of the Black community. And yeah, we're really, really excited about it. We'll be talking about this in an upcoming episode in about a month. And again, we will be speaking or hopefully be speaking to Aiden's uh, book Book leader. And if you haven't listened to that episode yet, Aiden, he's amazing. My mom, this is like... We love you, Aiden. (laughs) Aiden, he's our pride. Yes. So um, on that episode, celebrating Aiden, he's our pride. He's my mom's voice coach. And so he and his book club are reading it. Um, And that's why we think it's so important to have this conversation. All right. Well, Well, we got it all in. Wait, we got, wait, what else, what else, what else, what else? So yesterday I was on the beach. Oh yes. Okay. And I actually walked like seven and a half miles, which is great for you. A lot um, of exercise, (laughs) but I, I just, I enjoyed it and it was fun. And as I was walking, I was like listening to a lot of music and then I was thinking about Broadway and I was thinking about, my God, I would love to see a show and how are the actors doing last year? Um, right around this time, I think we saw Dear Evan Hansen yes. and I was just thinking about our podcast and how we always want all of you to feel like you're not alone. And then I was listening to the song, You Are Not Alone. And I was just like, wow, what an incredible show. And and what a platform and music heals and music connects us all. And, it does. And I thought, my God, wow. Like, I, every time I listen to all their music, I just get chills. So uh, for anyone that doesn't know about Dear Evan Hansen, if you check don't... Check it out. Check it out. Yes. Check out their music because really it just speaks to your soul it does and, speak to your soul. and and we hope that this podcast 
speaks to your soul as well and 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 brings you some hope and clarity um we will continue to have important conversations and bring guests that to share their stories because really we just want to validate everyone's story and that's really why my mom began all this was to tell her story so yeah I don't think I've ever said this but if anyone ever wants to reach out and like you know tell their story please do please reach out and yeah thank you so much that was really great yeah very well said I wanted to give a shout out to Pleasantville New Jersey oh yeah yes because and I'm glad something that you said just made me think of this when we check out our stats because we want to know who you are and thank you whoever I won't say whoever you are we know who you are of course New Jersey Florida New York I'm kind of going all over and and, and international too so we had someone listen last uh, I guess last podcast from France Um, trying to think all these different places Um, Germany California Um, you're saying international (laughs) You know what? I'm in the mindset to like travel. Yeah, she's out of here. So anyway, wherever you're listening and whether you're listening, I should say, on your Apple Watch or on your phone or on your Android or whatever state you're listening to, thank you, thank you, thank you. And back to Pleasantville, New Jersey, I want to know who you are. So I guess they could always DM us. Right. And and the reason why she's mentioning Pleasantville is like we, you know, of course, being a small and upcoming podcast – 14 listeners yeah it's amazing yeah yeah it's a really high percentage like who are you guys we'd love to get to know you um maybe we'll have somebody on and say hi yeah that would be so amazing because we just want to thank you for taking the time to listen i mean are you guys friends are you i don't know i think they're having a party i we're (laughs) hopefully not they're not no no i didn't say that because they got to be you know covid socially distant yes covid safe covid safe but yeah we want to know where are you listening like we want to know all the details and and how did you find us because that's the question i don't know i think social media is an amazing platform maybe they're all like facetiming each other when they're listening or something can you imagine (laughs) i don't even like want to hear my voice like after i like no we don't even want to hear each other's voices anyway so i think we're good we are good all right we're gonna take it away with nisha mom right well we are gonna take it away with nisha so sit back relax Close your eyes this time you can, although if you are driving, don't close your eyes, and uh, listen to Nisha's story. Today we have Nisha in the house studio, Alexandra, and I'm so excited to uh, learn a little bit of information about her, tell our listeners a little bit about her. She is a San Diego native and the founder and creative of Ola Guapa. Like most artists, it's always been her goal to turn her passion for art and design into a paycheck. So after struggling to establish herself as a successful artist and entrepreneur, she became obsessed with stalking others on Instagram (laughs) to figure out their tips. That's kind of cool. I should say to figure out their tips, tricks, and secret sauces for success. She was dying to know, how are all these podcasts, babes, doing it? Hmm, I don't know. Ola Guapa is now a creative community website, blog, online shop, and most recently, a podcast that connects, celebrates, and supports female creatives, artists, and entrepreneurs from all over the world. What sets Ola Guapa apart is the connective creatives are able to build by being completely transparent about their processes, failures, struggles, and mistakes. With this open mindset, the HG community is able to share tips, tricks, and resources in regards to what works and what doesn't, allowing more and more up-and-up coming artists to learn from one another 
and turn their passions into HX. So that sounds pretty cool. So how's it going, Nisha, in our house studio today? It's going good over here in San Diego. Okay. Well, uh-oh. People are supposed to think that you're sitting next to me on a chair, but we really know <laughs> that you are not sitting here on a chair. You're in San Diego, California. So give a shout out to California. How cool is this? So <laughs> tell us. Yes, exactly. So you are our first, I believe, Alexandra, our first artist to come on and say hi to us. And um, I guess you can tell our viewers or listeners, shall I say, a little bit how you found us. Um, yeah, I found you guys on Instagram. So I mean, that's my biggest platform for connecting with all different kinds of creatives. And that's how I ended up finding you. Yeah, it's so crazy how we met and connected. I think you liked our picture or something. And then I went on your feed and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I want to meet you. And I just wanted to connect. And we're so happy to have you on today. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. So why don't you tell us a little about your journey and story and how you started Ola Guapa and the HG community? Yeah, so Ola Guapa kind of started, I want to say like close to two years ago. Um, when I graduated college, it was a really big struggle for me um, as a creative, finding the kind of job that I wanted at a design house. I graduated as a textile design major. And during my senior year, I had this crazy opportunity to actually show my senior textile design collection at New York Fashion Week. So seeing that kind of come to life before me really inspired me to continue fulfilling my vision as a designer and kind of pushed me in the direction to not want to work for a design house and to really go the more entrepreneurial route and try my own thing. So that's what I did graduating college. And although I learned a lot from it, I learned how to create a website, I learned how to grow my Instagram following, I became stocked in a few stores, I it wasn't enough to sustain myself financially. So although it felt like a major failure at the time, that's what sparked the Ola Guapa community to start growing is, you know, if I was failing and having all of these challenges and obstacles, finding a way to make, you know, a successful career out of being an artist and a designer and a creative, I was imagining that other people were feeling the same way. So I launched an Instagram account and started reaching out to different creatives. And that's kind of how the whole thing got sparked and started. And it's just grown from there. What do you think of New York Fashion Week? You could say New York Fashion Week. Am I correct? Yeah. What, I mean, what was that like? I mean, I, you know, I was in the world of Barmentos many years ago in men's. So I, I never went to the New York Fashion Show. I did shows at the Javits Center and stuff. But describe that because that must be completely crazy, insane. Yeah, uh, it was so crazy. I think it was crazy even like to, you know, another level for us. So basically what happens is I went to the Academy of Art University in San Francisco and our school gets, you know, the special opportunity that not many other art schools get, um, which we get like six slots to show at New York Fashion Week every year. So when you go into your senior year, you can decide whether or not you want to do something called collections, which is build a collection and compete to get one of those six positions. Or you could do something called portfolio, which, you know, you basically spend the whole year building your portfolio. So at the end of the year, you're ready to go with like a wide variety and you can apply to a bunch of jobs. 
So I chose collections and made it all the way, but even towards the last day, the last hour, the last minute, it's still a competition. So you could get cut at any minute. So I had friends and family and everybody flying out and I still wasn't even sure if I was going to be showing my collection. So it added like this extra layer of stress and anxiety, but it was crazy. The show itself lasted what all of like two minutes, <laughs> but, yeah. um, working up to that was like months and months and months of work and no sleep and no eating and just like crazy stressful hours. So it was a wild experience, but definitely extremely fulfilling and sort of projected me onto this path that I'm on now. My question is, what did you show? What exactly did you, you know, it sounds like a massive amount of work. I actually understand that because a family friend went to Parsons and I just knew a little bit about her journey about maybe I really don't know because obviously I wasn't living that, but that must have been hell for you to go through that. But I guess, what did you show? What was the, exactly did you show at the show? Yeah, what so I actually teamed up with a design master student. So I was just focused on the textiles for the collection. And the silhouettes were really large and they had a ton of fabric. So it would be like a huge A-line ball gown uh, skirt oh and then like a little crop top sweater that was done from knitwear. So I was, you know, focused on the textiles that was in the skirt. And what was actually funny about entering this competition is that you basically put out your best work. So you can spend however long creating your best work and you lay everything out on this huge textile table. And then all the department heads come and they walk around and they look at everything and they're choosing sort of which textile students are going to get matched up with which design students and how it's all going to work. And I think you were supposed to submit like 15 swatches and I submitted like 40 because I was just like, I'm, I'm going to make it no matter what. They're going to like something. <laughs> but in the end, they didn't end up selecting my textiles that I had printed. What the department head Simon Unglis had fallen in love with was the backing cloths. So if you're like familiar with screen printing, you'll lay down a cloth, typically like muslin or cotton or something, um, you know, inexpensive, and you'll screen print on top of that. So the excess pigment gets like left behind in these really cool, like abstract patterns onto this backing cloth. So he ended up falling in love with that. And that was the inspiration for having me team up with the design student and that's kind of how the whole thing happened is a lot of the textiles were actually like very inspired by backing cloths. Wow. I mean, you must be so good and you are so talented at what you do. And that seemed like such a high pressure situation. And so as you've created this community, do you feel that intensity or are you feeling more fulfilled what you're doing now? Definitely more what I'm doing now. Um, I mean, that was like a high that I don't think that you could I don't think it would be the same if you continued to chase that. Like, I think that if my goal was to show every year or every season, I, I don't think that that is fulfilling or would provide like a balanced lifestyle whatsoever. It was an incredible like opportunity. And I'm so glad that I got to do that because it has led me like to where I am now. But I'm definitely much more focused on, you know, building this community of creatives and really doing my own thing. Hmm. Yeah, I was just thinking, I was going to ask you, do you have any regrets of not going to a big house, like, you know, a large manufacturer, a Vera Wang, uh, you know, something large out there? Do you ever think, well, God, you know, maybe I should have done that, even though you're happy in your community right now? 
I definitely applied when I graduated after graduation and I was offered a position at Diane von Furstenberg for the textile for like the knitwear division. And I wanted to do textiles. I wanted to do screen printing. I wanted to work with my hands. I had spent, you know, the past five years in college learning everything, all the ins and outs of screen printing. And that's really the medium that I fell in love with. And what I was realizing as I was applying to these jobs is that everything was digital and everything was like a repeat and a pattern. And it was just like a color change. And I, I didn't want to do that. And I I was super, super strong in my conviction around that. I knew that I wanted to be more creative. So while I think it would have been a great experience, I do think that I would have gotten lost in fulfilling another designer's vision. And so I, I can't say that I have any regrets. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, it's interesting about the duplication. So unless you're buying like, let's say couture, obviously like defining couture, very expensive clothing, are many manufacturers are doing duplications though of screen print type of things. What do you mean? Meaning like, are, you know, unless you're buying, like, say for an example, I don't know, let's name a designer, Calvin Klein or something like that. You're, you're saying um, what I'm saying. More digital. More, yeah. Is it more digital based rather than creative? Yeah. Um, I think it depends on the designer and I think it depends on the collection and, you know, just what their whole deal is. But what I was finding at the time was that a lot of the companies, um, the design houses that I was applying for, the textile design positions were very much digital based. And like the work was creating different color variations and different repeats of patterns that were already designed. Right. So to shift the conversation a little bit now, um, I want the listeners to learn more a little about you and your community. So you said that, you know, you kind of felt like you were failing. Um, did you speak to your other classmates or like postgrads and did they feel this sense of, you know, trying to make it? Because ultimately that's kind of, I feel like what your community is, is shining lights on artists. Yeah. So, um, all of my like friends and students who were also in the textile design program, they all went to work for different design houses from like Nike to, um, Monique Lillier, just all different kinds, like a wide variety of different design houses. So I don't think that they felt like they were failing in the same way that I did. I mean, I'm sure that everybody has their own like challenges as a creative that everybody can relate to or pull something from. But I think that my experience was pretty unique to my graduating class, if that makes sense. No, definitely. And so what really inspired you to want to go for it and just be an entrepreneur and just be your own brand? I think it was, you know, right when Instagram was starting to get super popular and just seeing how these creatives and these makers were using this platform and showing off like their little baby businesses and their beautiful studios and just seeing like all of the success and exactly what I wanted to do right in front of me, like every day on my feed really inspired me to think that I could do it myself. And when it wasn't successful, that's kind of what got me thinking is like, okay, how are all these other people doing it? What did I do wrong? What was their secret sauce to success? You know, I I was so curious to figure out those answers. So that's what kind of led me in the direction of creating Ola Guapa was 
actually reaching out to them, you know, the same way that we reached out to each other to connect on this podcast is just not being afraid to like get into a DM and ask a question. How did you do that? What medium are you using? Like, Is there any like tools that you're using right now that could be helpful? Like I'm a new designer myself. So I think just my curiosity and then probably like the popularity of Instagram at the time. I think that's so incredible. And the transparency aspect, because I feel, as you said, in the artistic world, it's almost like a competition, even going back to your world and the fashion days of New York Fashion Week, that everyone is competing with one another and everyone thinks that they're better than one another. So uh, bravo to you for really breaking down those levels and wanting the artists to just shine because they can. So what has been the feedback and has anyone felt inspired by your story? Yeah, I mean, I th- this story is super relatable, like maybe not even, you know, every little detail of it, like maybe not, you know, New York Fashion Week or maybe not graduating or maybe not starting your own business. But I think that you can pull as a creative, you can like definitely pull something from from each piece of the story. And I just think that as a creative and as an artist, there's a lot of challenges. I mean, I'm sure in any entrepreneurial industry, when you're trying to start something and build something from the ground up, there's just a lot of challenges that you face. And I think that by sharing on your Instagram story, you know, sold or just a beautiful picture of your really clean art studio, it doesn't really, it's not relatable in the same way that it is to talk transparently about your challenges this week. And it's not to say that you can't share your highlights as well. But I think that what I found in the Olaguapa community is a lot of people respond well and want to communicate about their challenges and how to get over it and how people are getting resourceful. I think it's it's less um, productive to talk about your highlight reel. Well, that was my that was my thought. Are you know people are being receptive to you reaching out? Oh, Meaning, you know, yeah. Help you out, and you know, I mean, I think in our pre conversation we were saying how artists find each other. You know, I was giving some examples of my own life, and you know, regarding your life and connecting to people who are already already people find already people somehow, yeah. even without maybe Instagram back in the day. So that's that's really nice that people feel a community. Obviously, you've created this community. I guess my question or my thought is, where do you want this community to go in like five years? You want more people to be part of it based on obviously you're going to be communicate with your podcast and all the other things that you do to create this community. But wh- where do you where do you see it in five years? Yeah, um, it's kind of funny because it started as like such a digital online community. And I think five years from now, I would actually love to see it have a physical space. So I would love to have like an open studio space that other artists can come and work and then, you know, have a shop in the front where people who are inspired by or want to support local artists can come in and shop the goods. So have it be a communal space in that way and also be able to do like different events, different conferences, different sort of like networking parties, have it be like a physical space that can be like the community center or hub for the Olaguapa community. And I would love to be able to, you know, like zoom people in from all over the world so that everybody can have access. But I think it would be um, very grounding to have an actual physical location. Very cool. I'm also thinking about like the town that I live in, the town I grew up in. It's a beach community. There's always local artists, you know, that want to show their wares. They have like different events and stuff like that. 
So, you know, um, I, I just think I, I love art in any in any which way, just to tell the listeners, of course, it could be earrings, it could be a shirt. Um, you want to talk a little bit about your different things that you've made, for an example, like you made the T-shirt with Black Lives Matter. You want to talk about that a little bit about your pieces? There's the word. Yeah. You know, the Black Lives T-shirt for me, basically, when I heard about the death of George Floyd, I... I think like everybody else, I I wanted to spring into action. I just really wanted to do something. And, you know, soon after learned that I knew nothing about the Black Lives Matter movement. I knew nothing about how systemic racism was. I just, I didn't know anything. And so that kind of set me on this path to self-educate. And I wanted to protest. I wanted to speak up. I wanted to share other pe- what other people were, you know, learning. But for some reason, for me, it felt like it wasn't sustainable. Like it felt like, okay, I could go to a, a protest, but I don't know, it just didn't feel like it was accomplishing enough. So all of a sudden, I got this idea like to do what I'm good at, which is create art and create a beautiful design. And I knew that I wanted to do a t-shirt because I wanted people to be able to wear it. I wanted guys and girls to be able to wear it. And I wanted it to be able to spark a conversation. So I wanted it to, yes, be like artsy and graphic and, and have the aesthetics be true to Olaguapa. But I also wanted it, you'd be able to wear it to a bar or to a coffee shop or wherever you go and have it spark a conversation. So that's kind of how the Black Lives Matter t-shirt came to be. And 100% of the proceeds are going to the Black Lives Matter organization. We actually just hit our goal of um, raising $1,000. So super excited about that. Yeah, yeah, I think it's just really inspiring to me to see other artists uh, leaning into this movement and, you know, creating work that actually matters and that's making a difference. And so I just wanted to hop on that bandwagon and do the same and inspire other creatives to do the same. Cool. Definitely. And I think that having a shirt and having visibility in a different way, not just on social media, is really important um, as well. So besides the Black Lives Matter t-shirt, you want to tell some of our listeners what other things they can look for, you know, accessories and stuff like that you've been creating? Yeah, um, I do a bunch of different handmade accessories, like really playing with different mediums. So right now I'm doing a lot of like hand painting, um, earrings. Previously, I was doing marbling, so really working with different textiles, but I've always loved accessories um, so that you can find all of that on the shop, different party dangles. And then, you know, going into the future, I'm actually working on launching a line. I think I, I think it's going to be about five pieces, but I want to do um, wearables. So I think I'm going to do like a few dresses and skirts and tops. So hmm. maybe one day you'll have the full Olaguapa set. That's so cute. I, I would love it. I want to know where the name came from. <laughs> so my previous company that I had started and uh, shut down right after I graduated school was called Nisha Batesh Living. And I hated it, but everybody always told me you have such a great name. You have to use your name. Like a real designer uses their name. And it just felt like it was like so much about me. And I just, it didn't feel like me, even though it was my name. So I knew when I started this, that I didn't want to do my name. I knew that I wanted it to be something that could like be beyond me, um, and feel more about a community. So Ola Guapa felt very inviting. Um, I'm a half Panamanian. And so I wanted, I knew that I wanted to do something with Spanish. So in Spanish, Guapa means beautiful. So Ola, beautiful, but I changed um, the spelling to be more phonetic and I just fell in love with it. <laughs> and it's interesting. I'm sure that the type of people that come to your site to check your stuff out, maybe sometimes they 
they don't really know who you are, even though it's a Spanish name. It's I, I think it's so cool to have that type of a name because it's really like, you know, it's kind of a little bit of a mystery. You're not really sure what this is about. I could almost envision, shall I say, walking into a gallery. See, I have you in a gallery already. And um, <laughs> have all your things out and be like, oh my God, wow, look at that. And I think that love of art and Alexandra will probably agree is that it's from my mom. My mother was like always so into art. I think, unfortunately, I didn't really appreciate art until she actually passed, but she was, she, she definitely appreciated looking at a painting or going to a museum. You would probably reference it different because for sure the artist, a wearable piece of art, you know, something that the artist made. I always find it so cool to go to like a craft show and just you feel so good about wearing that piece because you know that the creativity that went into it. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's less for me about like sort of creating a product and more about telling a story. And I think that that kind of ties back to, you know, having a physical location where you can have different makers and artists in there sort of creating their goods and having a customer who can watch something that they're going to buy actually being made by the artist in front of them. And I think that that totally changes the buying experience. It totally changes the experience when you wear it. So yeah, I think that there's definitely something to that. Yeah, definitely. And it's almost like you're, when you're building your brand, you're building a community and a legacy that um, so many people will know and so many people that want to go to. Do you want to tell us how you made that transition from writing different artists' blogs and their stories to the podcast? Yeah, um, I think that, you know, when podcasting just recently started gaining more and more traction and and becoming a really popular medium, I knew that it was a goal of mine. It was always sort of like in the back of my head, like, could I do that? Should I do that? How would I do that? But to be completely honest, I started dating um, somebody new (laughs) who he's super tech savvy and, um, he really inspired me to just like take the leap and let me know how simple it could be. And that's, that's kind of what set the podcast into actual action and motion is just, just going for it. I think I was on a podcast maybe three months ago about Ola Guapa and it was, you know, another artist, another creative, just like me. And after we hopped off, she shared her story and how she launched hers. And so, you know, I think everything kind of came together at the perfect timing, you know, of him telling me I could do it and how simple it could be and being inspired by her name is Abby Zupfeld of the Working Girl podcast. And I just went for it. So yeah, I mean, it was always a goal, but didn't really get into motion until about like a month and a half ago. And then once it did, it's just kind of taken off from there. No, we love your podcast and, and and I congratulate you for starting it because we both know in, in the beginning stages and even as us being in the beginning, you're like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> but do you think that now that you're telling your stories with a different medium, has it gotten different feedback, a better feedback? Yeah. You know, I think that with the written features, it's definitely somebody who... It's a very like niche person. It's somebody who is creative and who wants to learn about other creatives um, and who is interested in reading blog posts and different artist features because you actually have to go to my website and you have to click on the artist feature and then read through it, which it's like a beautiful way to consume content, but it does take more time. So I think the difference um, and the advantage of a podcast is that it's just much more efficient. You can listen to it 
while you're actually creating. You can listen to it while you're running an errand or while you're on a walk. So I think that having the different medium just gives access to much more people. And I think being able to like hear somebody's voice, it's almost like you're right there in the room with them versus sort of, sort of reading an interview and like overlooking somebody else's conversation, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So the, any- no, so I was just gonna say the feedback has been great because I think that people are are just um, much more receptive to this kind of a medium now. Yeah, yeah, yeah we definitely agree. And is there any one particular story that has stood out for you that changed you or had an impact? Oh my gosh, I love all the stories. Um, there, I just did a um, interview with an artist, a tattoo artist who is now living in Tour France, and she, um, her name is Laura Martinez, and her story is insane. So her podcast uh, should be coming out. I want to say like in the next month or two. Um, I have a bunch of them lined up. So. Her story was really, really inspiring. And I think just, you know, it goes to show like you think of of an artist as like painting canvas or even as like a fashion designer. Or I think that there's a lot of like uh, stereotypes around being an artist, but she's a tattoo artist, which is a totally different medium. And she still shares a lot of the same struggles and challenges. And, you know, all creative people, like you said, we sort of find each other. But I think it's important to recognize that there's all kinds of uh, creative people. Yeah, I think you brought up a good point about specifically like a tattoo artist like you know although I have to say I mean I don't have a tattoo and neither does Alexandra I'm not sure if you do but you know when you think of a tattoo artist it's not what a tattoo artist is today like the you know the conception of like the back room getting the tattoo I mean it's I guess in some communities it could be very trendy and and the amount of art that actually goes into actually creating that piece is probably pretty amazing I don't know much about it so do you know much about it? as far as tattoo, uh, tattoo art just in general? Uh, I actually don't, but, um, Laura's story was inspiring because she was actually, um, a product designer at, uh, Dior. So she had a very prestigious career in, in a creative field at like a top fashion design house and she didn't feel fulfilled. So it's kind of that feeling that we were talking about before. And, you know, everybody was telling her how great she was doing and she just didn't feel it herself. And when they went to go offer her a promotion, she declined. She hopped on like a group trip that her friends were taking to New York City. She oh, met her husband and wow. three weeks later they were married and oh he worked at a bar. They had a huge tattoo okay. scene there and that's how she fell into it. So it's such that's a crazy story, crazy. but, um, but yeah, no. her, her path was wild. That is very wild. Yeah. So you're not going to... So you're not telling if you have a tattoo or not. Okay, that's all right. You know, it's so <laughs> secret secrets. You can keep your secret. It's okay. I'll keep mine. So, but the thing about a tattoo, again, if, what I'm trying to get to is the stereotype. And then again, you mentioned earlier, a few moments ago, what people think about an artist. Like, what is an artist? Like, you know, if you had to define an artist, what would you say? What What is an artist? Oh, gosh, I am definitely not qualified to define an artist. I think if you if you consider yourself an artist, if you tap into any sort of creativity, I think you're you're qualified. I mean, one thing like with Oluguap is like, I don't have people submit like a portfolio or I don't have them submit their art. Like I'm not here to judge whether or not you're good or you're an artist or you're enough or you're worthy. I just want to give everybody a platform to share. So I'm definitely not the person to ask, you know, what defines and what doesn't define an artist. I just think if that's how you identify, that's what you are. 
I love that answer because I think art or art is, is you could be a, a singer. I like to sing. I'm Absolutely. An artist. And I like the fact that you said you don't judge people because, you know, what I see, why I'm drawing this isn't what you may see. Right. You truly, you don't want to see what I have to draw because I can't draw. <laughs> so anyway. That was yeah. I mean, I think, that, you know, influencers get a lot of heat, but I think that influencers are artists too. I mean, they're creating content and in their own artistic creative way. And I think people don't understand how much creativity you know, them developing their aesthetics and their vision and all of this, bringing it to life. I don't, I don't, don't think people get how much work that that takes. And to me, like, of course, there's some influencers who maybe don't have the same intention or maybe don't fit into like, the description that I'm talking about. But I think that they're artists, too. So there's just no limit, in my opinion, to what defines an artist. You described it well, though. I think you did a, a very good job doing that. <laughs> So you talked about how you want to create a judgment-free community. I think that's such a beautiful thing because the artist's world is, I don't know, yeah, a lot of, I think a lot of judgment or and a lot of self-criticism. And the idea that you are creating a community that you're being so transparent and letting people know that, hey, it's okay to not have it all figured out. Um, is there any advice you would give an aspiring artist I would just say, to reiterate what you just said, that really, honestly, like after all these conversations that I've had with creatives from all over the world of all different ages, all different stages, you know, some just graduating school, some moms of three, the truth is, is that nobody has it figured out. So I think, um, you know, something that I've talked about quite often is just to start by starting. And I think that with hard work and consistency, that's really at the end of the day, the common thread between all creatives is, you know, whether or not you're successful financially or not, or it's your side hustle or your full-time career, being consistent and true to yourself and putting in the hard work day after day after day. It's not romantic, but it's really the truth. And that, that would just be my advice. No, that's such great advice, consistency and hard work, but also you you have to love it. You have to love what you're you're doing. And are you loving what you're doing? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You definitely have to be passionate about it. I mean, there's the whole like stereotype of the starving artist, which I don't think yeah. I don't think it translates as well. Um, maybe just like with my community, I don't think that a lot of women are defining themselves as sort of this chaotic, disheveled, upset, <laughs> tortured artist. I just don't think that people are playing into that anymore. So yeah, I think that people are super passionate and very happy about the work that they're doing and and just looking to share it. And, and you know, hopefully, and in the end, the goal is obviously to turn that passion into a paycheck. So yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I like that, that you said that because that really, of course, I, I would use the expression at the end of the day, can you put it into your bank account and can you survive? Can you pay your rent? I know I work with so many students, international students who really had a art vision, but were deterred to do it because they just didn't feel, or actually their parents didn't feel that it would be lucrative, that they would make the money. So sadly, they went on to just different professions where they just were truly not happy. And eventually maybe they could get out of that or maybe they didn't. But I think it's a beautiful thing to be able to love what you do. And clearly you do. Yeah. And I think like what I'm learning too, like throughout a lot of these conversations is that there's no one way. So it's not just being this like mega successful artist and having this Instagram account and just blowing through all this work and making all this money. 
I mean, that's one way that's, that sounds like a great, a great way, but I think that other people are are getting creative and they're getting resourceful. I mean, there's so many artists out there who work nine to fives and they work in a field in a second passion of theirs. You know, they work in a field that they love and they're fulfilled and then they come home and they create and they post to an Instagram account where they blog or they share their work with their own little community, but it's not, they're not trying to make uh, millions, you know, by creating their work there to them, it's more of a therapy and an escape. So yeah, there's tons of different ways and routes and options. And that's kind of why I think even like defining success is hard because are you a successful artist? If you just get the time to create every day, I mean, some people are defining it that way. So it's really interesting. Yeah, Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I like what you said about each piece that you make is a piece of you. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, you know, this, it's this artistic vision that you put out there and a customer or of course a listener, whoever's buying or purchasing or Instagram or whatever it is, is seeing that vision that you made and is wearing it so proudly because Mm -hmm. it really represents, it's the connection. You Mm -hmm. put this and you had your concept and then the person who bought it possibly may have that same concept or may have interpreted completely different. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing cooler. Yeah. There's, there's literally no better feeling than getting an order. And I think that it's because I'm not dependent on the money. So when somebody makes a purchase, it's not like, Oh my God, yes. Okay. That means that check that much money is going into my bank account. It's like, who is this person? How did they connect? Like whatever I've created, they identify with and they, they want to own it. They want a piece of it. And I think that that's a really cool feeling. Awesome. It sounds like you're really trying to just get to know people for who they are and not because of wanting success, but because it fulfills you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're going to wrap up here with a segment we call Heart to Heart. So it's an introspective moment or conversation you've had with someone that has changed you in some way. Oh my God, that's so hard. No, it's not. Hard. I mean, well, you could talk about anything. You have so much going on with yeah, your Yeah, it could be two things, like, whatever you want. I'm yeah, I'm almost like uh totally information overloaded with all these conversations <laughs> that I feel like them? have changed oh, me. Yeah. Um, you know, recently I had Johanna on my podcast and we talked a lot about like the creative cycle and I think that that was uh really moving where Sometimes you can think about it like a career, especially as a creative or as an artist, because it's also very entrepreneurial if you're trying to start your own business by selling your art. And so, you know, when you think about it in those terms, you think about just every other career. So waking up Monday through Friday, nine to five, but art is super, super different and it doesn't work like that. And it goes through, you go through cycles versus a schedule. So we spoke a lot about that. And I think that that was, that was really interesting um, and insightful to me. Yeah, that, that's great. And I and I think that by having these conversations, not just artists, but other listeners and other viewers of your Instagram page and your um, website can try to understand what you're doing and how art really can change and speak to one another. And you're definitely doing that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that keep it, keep it going. Yes. And, and post COVID, hopefully, gosh, five years, you hope, I hope that there's no, there's no coronavirus and we, um, we would love to visit your storefront. Yes. We're going to come to the gallery. Yeah. I've already seen Perfect. Yes. (laughs) And, and, and of course you will be serving champagne. So that'll be great. I will. Absolutely. (laughs) You know it. (laughs) 
thank you. Thank thank you so much for coming on, for sharing your story and for having our listeners learn more about the artistic world and how it's such a healing thing that you're really doing. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. So where can people find you? You can find me at Ola Guapa, which is H-O-L-A-G-W-A-P-A on Instagram. And then it's olaguapa.com is my website, blog and shop. Amazing. And you can follow us on Instagram at coming underscore from the heart podcast. We are on Twitter at CFTH podcast. That's CFTH podcast. We are also on Facebook coming from the heart podcast. And if you could please subscribe, rate and review, we really appreciate all your feedback and yeah, share this with someone that you have love and have a heart to heart with anything else, mom. No, thank you so much. We loved this interview. I love art. I could keep talking about art for a while, but you know, we got to let you go because you have to enjoy <laughs> your too. So enjoy your moments in uh, California. Yes, sunny, and, sunny uh, California. Yes, sunny California. And again, thank you for your time and XOXO Helene.